Hello and welcome to the Reach Out for Mental Health podcast. Uh, I'm one half of you presenting Joram Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Kirsty Eaton, how are you? I'm good. This is the first podcast we've done together in about six weeks. I know, I know. I was away and you went solo and was I on my own the one before that? You did. You, you, did, um, you did Leon, as it were. I did, I did. Uh, lovely Leon McLeod, who I caught up with on Sunday, actually. Oh, and, lovely. Uh, yeah, went for a little bit of food with him. What a, a lovely young man he is. Um, well, I'm glad that we're both here today because um, we've got a guest today and uh, and he's a, he's a dear mate of mine and this is the first time you've you, you've met him. And, mm. and he's going to be great because every time I've, from the very first moment I spoke to Rich to the last time I spoke to Rich on, uh, on a different podcast, um, he's always a fantastic company and interesting and kind and sweet and all the things you'd want from uh, a nice human. So, Rich Wilson, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm in a hotel in Milton Keynes, so living the dream, man. <laughs> so for, for listeners that may not um, be aware of your work, Rich, you're a stand-up? I am, yes. Was you gigging last night? Is that why you're in Milton Keynes? No, my, my wonderful wife is doing a, 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 a thing just to put on an event for people that are purchase, purchasing space in these big uh, distribution centres that you see popping up along motorways the length and breadth of the United Kingdom at the minute. So she puts on like a breakfast thing and then people come and they have a look. They're all wearing gilets and they all say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just people moving money around. I don't really understand it, but. It's weird, isn't it? Like it, even people that talk like us that have had the upbringings that we've had still never go gilet. It's still gilet, isn't it? Like, that's the, about as classiest as I think I've ever got, he's calling one of them a gilet. A gilet. Do you know what? <laughs> I still I still feel my ass clench when I say croissant. <laughs> but I can't say croissant. I'm not saying it. I have to say it properly, but it still makes me wince. <laughs> well, look, Rich, we always uh, kick the podcast off um, with, 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 with uh, the, the same question. And I'm going to ask you, Rich, when I say the words mental health to you, what do you think? Two seconds. I've got a knock on the door. Oh, oh look at that. He's escaped already. <laughs> oh, no, he's going to get kicked out because it's 10 o'clock. He's just going to get kicked oh, I reckon that could be the cleaners. It could uh, be. We, we said this, didn't we? He said he might get booted out of it early. Has he blagged it? Has he blagged a late a late? I've got a late checkout, but obviously, obviously the desk haven't told the cleaners. Oh, you should have got her on. I literally thought you, I thought you were just going to run that door and just go. Just like, just I ain't answering that, mate. Nah, I'm out of here. Imagine, I have to do this outside in the bushes. <laughs> I don't um, start giving that tree again, please. <laughs> right, so Richie, if I say the words yeah. mental health to you, what what, what's, what comes to mind? Like, what, where does your mind go? Um... It goes, do you know what, nowadays it goes to the fact that um, I'm glad that we're having the conversations that we're having regarding mental health. You know, we've still got a long way to go. And I've said this on other podcasts, we might not be the generation that benefits from these conversations we're having, but the next generation will. You know, there won't be this, okay. like, especially for men, like men still feel this. Now, even now, like we talked just now about saying the word gilet and the word croissant, and because we're worried that, we're going to, our peers are going to take the mickey and go, uh, what are you saying? What are you saying? It's just bread, mate, or whatever. 
<laughs> so we still have that in us. And so we still have this still, there's still a, we still feel we can't really talk about our feelings and what's going on with us. So, you know, so when I think about mental health, I think about that. And I think about the conversations are starting to happen. And, and talking to, to people, to other people about what it's like to be them, like talking to women about what it's like to actually be a woman, talking to someone who's trans about, you know, actually asking the questions. You know, all these things help uh, strengthen your mental health, you know, it stops you worrying about certain things. It's that just fear is the thing that will muck up your, your mental health a lot of the time. So I think, really, I think about, uh, to be honest, my brain's like a tombola. So if you say that to me, I'll go off and just all these. Yeah, it's, not, it's just this. I think it's a, the conversations are happening, and I'm glad. But they need to. They need to keep happening. We because I keep hearing people go, "Oh well, we've done it now. We've talked about it." It's like, no, no, no. We have. We've, we're only starting. This is the tip of the iceberg. People are still committing suicide. People are still struggling. So we just have to push through all that conversation and keep going, and hopefully we'll get there. You know, I think we will. And you're perpetuating that conversation, Rich, because. Um... Also, alongside um, being stand-up, um, you you host and, and, and have created the uh, Insane in the Membrane and Insane in the Membrane podcast, yes. um, which has seen you talk at length to all, all manner of interesting people and, and, and recognisable people um, about mental health. And tell me why you decided to, when you, you know, because... We, we see lots of comedians hosting podcasts. Now, tell me why you chose to do something that was more based on something, you know, a, a far more serious subject matter than, than than maybe, I don't know, James and Ed talking about, you know, food. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's because it just happened naturally. You know, I've always been, like, I, I went from a young age. I was in, when I left school, I was a, I went to, I went to college and I was studying um community care city and guild so i was getting into care work and then when the mother of my kids when she became pregnant with my first child i stopped college went and got a job in an old people's home i was working the night shift in care homes and i've worked in hospitals and all that so i've always had that in me and then and then i met i met you Stu, and uh and then we did you and Chris, we did hardcore listings and that then the idea from that with brad acton brad acton messaged me and he went you should do a podcast and it all just naturally just went in the direction of mental health. It just happened that way. We didn't really set out to do it. It was just that Brad and I got into a conversation. And then at the end of the conversation, we were like, oh, my God, this is this is what it's about. It's about men talking to each other and opening up and and finding out how they can find, how, find their place in the world and, and feel better about things, you know. And it just naturally went that way. So... Yeah, it's nice, but it's done in a way that you know you can talk about you know mental health and things like that. You can do it. It's like you can still have a laugh doing it. Like I've had Ishan Akbar, for instance, another fine comic, and he came on, and we didn't know what we were going to talk about, and he talked about what happened when his mum died and how close he was to his mum, and and he explained because of their because of their religion, the the way that the the funeral was was was. Uh, was taken care of and it, and it was but the way he did it was really funny you know it's a very serious subject but we were laughing our heads off because it's so it was so stupid what he was doing and what happened to him at the funeral and then afterwards he was talking about his suicide attempt and that, again a very serious subject and but 
but the way he told it, we were howling. Like the fact that he went to jump in front of the train, but the pressure of the train pushed him back onto the platform. And just, and we were laughing and like, it's such a, like, you can't even do that properly, you idiot. Like, it was like. I've, I've actually spoken to people like that that have called and, and tried to use my service, reach out for mental health. And someone, yeah, I spoke to somebody a few years ago now and they said that, you know, they thought they'd planned it all. They'd, yeah. you know, they'd selected the date. He'd said all of, all of his goodbyes. And um, yeah, and he went to, to do a similar thing to, to your pal and uh, the train was delayed. And he was, it was like, fucking hell, I can't even do that right. And it was, it was just, it was brilliant. Just yeah. Brilliant. And that's it. It's, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be dour talking about mental health. Like you can talk about issues. You can talk about the things that are troubling you, but it doesn't have to be a serious conversation all the time. That's not, yeah. you're not, that's, you know, like you'd like, you know, that old saying, you need a bit of sugar to, to make it, you know, make the medicine go down. And, it, and it, it's, you know, that talking about the fact that you, like he went to do that, but he didn't take into account physics. <laughs> and velocity and you know all these other things that <laughs> come into account and it you know and now he's here and now he's smashing life and he's having a great time and so he's given another chance and that and and someone listening to that conversation will get something from that and they'll you know it, it, the, the what I want to do is I want to I want people to understand that suicide isn't 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 the isn't an option you shouldn't it's a miracle that we're here. It's a miracle that we exist. I mean, I'm in a hotel room in, in Milton Keynes, I know, but I could be worse. At least I can at least I can afford a hotel in Milton Keynes. Some people can't even afford a tin of beans right now. So, you know, I try to remind myself because I have those thoughts as well. I, you know, when I'm crushed with the with the dark clouds and I'm wedged into the bed, and I've got lovely mates around me. I've got Stu. I could probably ring Stu. I could probably ring other people, but I don't always feel like, oh, they're busy. They're too busy. They're this and that. Yeah. I have to really... Talk, talk a bit more about up. that, Rich, because I, I know that, you know, I've had conversations with you where I've said to you, you know, several times, just call me up. And yeah. you're like, I can't. I've got this weird thing where I think everybody's busy and don't, you know, and, and I don't want to bother them and, and things like that. Like, do you find that... Like, talk a little bit about that, about when, you know, you, you see those... Is that one of the signs when you realise you're sort of, you know, getting yourself in a bit of a, a, a place that, you know, you're becoming more insular and, and you do find it, you know, very difficult to sort of reach out to people? Yeah. It's when you feel, and I get this quite a bit, when you feel that no one, no, no one, that no one likes you and no one, no one cares and, and you're like, you're in the way. And I get that quite a bit. And, you know, and which is ridiculous because, like, as soon as I speak to you, Stu, I I instantly feel elevated, and I also I instantly feel like inspired, and go, oh yeah, we should we should talk more often. And you go, just ring me up, you dickhead, Kirsty. You and I have only just met, but before we started, I told you a story that was probably not for your ears, right? But that's the that's the weird thing. I'm I really like people, and I like talking to people, and I'm really open and honest about stuff, and. And me telling you that story, I didn't think for one minute you're going to go, who is this dickhead? You were like, <laughs> we were laughing. Get him off my podcast. Yeah, really. I had already briefed her that you was an absolute melt, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> this could go either way. It could say anything. <laughs> but that's the thing. I really am. I really like talking to people. And I can talk to most people. I mean, my job as a comedian is going out in front of strangers and 
making them laugh, which is really hard to do. So this this thing that happens to me when I'm when I'm crushed and I feel worthless and and I feel like my podcast is a waste of time and and my comedy's rubbish and this and that and and it takes a lot to go. Just I, I you know, I've had those thoughts. I've had the thoughts of of of, of ending it all and and. It's the thought of my boys. My boys were the ones that it was like I wouldn't want to do that to them. I love them so much, and they're and they've and they've grown to be top notch human beings. And I'm not just saying that; other people tell me that. So you go, well, if I've achieved that, then I can't be worthless. I can't be that bad. If I've managed to grow two human beings to become magnificent men, then I must have something in me that's worth hanging around for, you know, and that. And the fact that I've got wonderful friends around me, like Stu and everybody, and my mate Tom, and there's loads of people that I know that are lovely people. And there you go. They wouldn't be around if you were a dickhead. And those mm. are the things that that if I, I start to remind myself of those things, and then the the cloud slowly lifts, and I make a phone call or I drop a text to someone or I, I need, I, or I start doing the emails I was supposed to do, or I start making the phone calls, and then it then it goes away again for a bit, but. I think that's how you do it. You have to remind yourself what you have got around you. Not necessarily money, not necessarily, you know, things, but the people that are around you will remind you of you of you being a you know, the fact that you are worth worth sticking around for, you know? What is it? Is there is there normally a trigger? Is it normally a similar thing that will kind of start that downward spiral of dark thoughts and feeling like, you know, there's no point in you being around anymore? Yeah, go. I don't really know if there's a trigger yet. I haven't worked that out yet, but it happens. It happens every few months, and I get this. I just get it in my head. I'm like, oh, what's the point? Everyone thinks I'm a dick. My, you know, I'm not. The, the comedy circuit doesn't give a shit about me. This is that, and, that, and it all starts to pile up. Normally, it's when I let work pile, or I let things pile up, or money. You know, I, you know, you get into a bit of debt, and you're, oh, shit, I need to sort that out. And then all of a sudden you feel it piling up, and you know, and then you, you know, and then you, then you, so, and it happens every few months. I haven't really, I haven't really put my finger on what the trigger is yet, but I don't know. Just it's, so I can feel it coming on, and I'm like, oh, here we go. And it's difficult to keep it to keep it off, you know. And it's uh, does your missus know what to look out for? Can she kind of spot those early warning signs? Would she be able to jump on it and start a conversation with you before well, it? Funnily kind of enough. We've just had a conversation a couple of weeks ago because she was having the same thing. I just said to her, I just one day I just blurted out, I went, I'm just, I'm just really sorry. She's got this thing because she had a weird upbringing with her parents. I won't get into it. It's her story to tell. But she, she was, she's always got this thing about being let down and she hates it when people say they're going to do something and then they don't do it, you know, for whatever reason. And she has a, and it and it will just destroy everything if someone does that, which you know. And so, so she'd asked me to do something and I hadn't done it. And so she was like, oh, I can't ask you to do anything, can I? And I just blurted out, I went, I'm really sorry, but I just don't want to be here anymore and I don't know why. And she was like, taken aback. She's like, Right, what do you mean? I went, I just, I've just had enough. I've had enough. I'm always skinned. I'm always this. I'm always that. I'm trying my hardest and I can't get anywhere and I'm, I'm sick of it and I'm sick of being here. And we had this big conversation and she she feels the same way. She has she has thoughts like that. And I was like, but you're amazing. You're fantastic. She went, yes, yeah, so are you. So why are you having those thoughts? 
And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Why are you having them? We had this big chat. And sometimes that's all it takes. It's, it's never going to be the right time to say it. It's never going to be. You're never going to say it in the same way. It's not Hollywood. You're never going to say it in the right way. You're going to blurt it out while you're making toast or you're sitting in a car wash or wherever. You're going to go, I feel like killing myself and I don't know why. Can, do you want to, can we sort this out? <laughs> like, if you're with someone that gives a shit, they'll listen and they'll go, they'll be taken aback initially. But they, if they love you, they'll listen, you know? And it's just, it's never, there's never the right time. There's never the right way of doing it. You're going to blurt it out at the weird, weirdest time. And, but as long as you blurt it out, that's the main thing. So if she hadn't have, if she hadn't have given you that opportunity, do you think that you would have started it? Do you think that you would have taken the initiative to actually tell her just out of the blue? Um, maybe at some point. It would have probably taken another thing that she'd asked me to do and I didn't do it. I would have felt mm. bad about the last, I would have got, it, you know, it all starts to pile up, doesn't it? And then, mm. and then she'll go, look, can you do that thing I asked you to do? And you go, yeah, 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 I will. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And then I'll probably not do it or whatever. It'll take, it'll take, normally takes an explosion, doesn't it? It normally takes someone, to, Marilyn, an ex-partner of mine, very, very wise woman. And she said, you always need like something, an explosion to push you from A to B. Uh, sometimes you you know when you need to move and you don't you can't just go of your own volition it takes it'll take a fight or it'll take something a catastrophe for you to like move on so it probably would have taken uh, she would have just lost her shit and gone, i told you i just asked you to do one thing because i'm busy i've got i'm working comedy and i've got a day job and you sit here all day and all i asked you to do was make that phone call and you couldn't do it and I would have gone, all right, but I don't want to kill myself. And she's like, what? <laughs> Just put the fucking kettle on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been, right, okay, hang on. What do you mean? <laughs> and she said the same thing. She's like, sometimes she has feelings of being worthless and pointless. And, and then I'm like, my God, you're incredible. You have so many incredible friends. This is why I married you. Your life is incredible. I wanted to be part of it. When we've done double-headed gigs in Brighton, we did one a few months ago. No one came to see me. It was a packed room, about 40 people. Two people came to see me. The rest was all her. And you go, that's not, that's, that just goes to show you how much people give a shit. Do you know what I mean? They're there to see you. They give a fuck about you. So, my God, you know, she's got, yeah, she's got it going on as well. So now, now we've had that conversation. It's really opened up the chat. You know, we really go like, and now we joke about it. I'm like, how are you feeling? You go, you could have topped yourself today or would that be tomorrow? What do you reckon? <laughs> Just let me know because I've got, a, you know, I've got a busy day. I don't, I ain't got time to scoop you off the pavement. <laughs> Love that. Love it. Um, That's how you do it. Humor. Keep it, you know. Yeah. As long as you're chatting. So, Rich, you, you, you said that, <clears throat> you know, you, you spoke there about, you know, how you feel and, and, and then you said that, um, Kate's the same, and you're both stand-ups. You know, is it is it as true as 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 you led to believe that you know the whole tears of a clan thing? You know, is is there so much you know sadness and depression in, involved in 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 the, in the circuit? Um, there's a bit, 
but it's not like we're not all like well, you know, not, we're not like sobbing all day, like, <laughs> and then someone has your microphone, you're like, hey, and then you see 20 minutes or whatever. Like, yeah, thanks for coming. Good night. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> but I think, I think, I think comedians are a bit more, a bit more sensitive than most because we kind of. You, you, because you're, you know, you're you're looking at everything all the time. You're analysing everything all the time, so you you see what goes on in the world. You're a bit more, a bit more in touch with it all. Like you know, all the shit that goes on in the news. Um, you know, you see the struggles that people are going through, and you and you're trying to make it. You're trying to make some funny out of what's going on. But the way the world is at the minute, it's catastrophe after catastrophe. Um, but then also you've got to think now, you know, ADHD is a new thing that we're all finding out about. And as far as I'm aware, if you're in the creative, if you're in the arts in any way, shape or form, like if you're doing this or you're doing comedy or music or whatever, you probably have ADHD. So you don't fit into the world, into this, this model of the world you're supposed to fit in because you're not, your brain doesn't work like that, that, that kind of, you know, Get up in the morning, you know, you, you, you've, you've got your routines and things like that. Your brain is just this tombola of things going on all the time. So you've got that as well. So you always feel bad that you don't fit in. Um, you need routine, Rich. Um, I have to physically put it in place. I have to, my, like today was brilliant because I know, like last night, I'm like, right, I've got to record. Well, the other day when we had the chat, when you went, do you want to come on the podcast? And I went... Yeah, but I can't do that time. Can we do it earlier? Because I'm this is happening. So from then, I've been organised since then. Because I was like, right, if I'll get this right. I'll get a late checkout at the hotel. We'll get that right. I'll be at the hotel at eleven, five past eleven. Bosh, done. I'm right, and then book me train ticket. I'm now going from Milton Keynes to Manchester, and then I'm in Manchester all weekend. Book me train ticket for Sunday. I'm coming back, Brighton. And then I'm going for lunch with Kate and all of her mates and all that. So that's happening. And that's I've had to physically sit there and write it down. Because if do, you I feel, write... do you get do you get clarity once that's all done? Oh, I feel amazing. I tell you what, it's better than any sex I've ever had. It's <laughs> like it's just get born, get a diary. Absolutely. If you've got if you've got a brain like this, where it's just that you just can't think straight. It's a constant carnival. There's all manner of things going on. Like Doug Stanhope said, there's like song lyrics and suddenly it's like, there must be something that rhymes with orange and blah, blah, blah. And then we didn't start the fire. And that's your head all day. And then someone goes, oh, do you remember? Don't forget, we've got to go to that appointment. And you're like, oh, what appointment? When was that? I don't remember you saying that. And then they go, and then they screenshot all the messages. Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're right. So now... That's thanks to my wife, to be honest, like writing it all down in a physical diary. And honestly, this is working out brilliantly. I'm so turned on right now. It's amazing. Because <laughs> it's what, just, we just leave you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, because it's so, because it's, 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 it's organized and it's, and it's, and it's happening and it's there and it, because otherwise I will be sitting there just sad and go, oh, I didn't do that thing. Oh, people hate me. And then the spiral. That's the trigger then, isn't it? Mm, you get That's me, the isn't trigger. It? 
when you do, when you feel like you're letting the people down. When I go, oh, I've done it again. I've double booked myself for that gig, or oh, they ask me, I've got to go to that appointment. I haven't done it. Oh fuck, that's the trigger. Yeah, of course it is. Well done, Kirsty. Smash that. <laughs> you're welcome. I send this you is an invoice. A therapy session. How much do I owe you? <laughs> I'll send you an invoice. Yeah, do. <laughs> Rich, when was the the sort of first? How old was you when you first kind of realised? Oh, hang on a minute. I don't feel right. Uh, I'm not feeling too good at the moment. How old was you? And, and how did that sort of present itself? And, and, and could you talk to anyone then? I've, I think I've always, I've always felt a bit, I've always felt like I didn't fit in. And this has happened to lots of people I've spoken to recently. Everyone feels the same. And you go, yeah. what? You were the top kid at school. You were the, like, you were the top boy. And I'm like, nah, I hated it. I wasn't. You know, I always saw something, somebody else always did something that, you know, and you're like, oh. But I also, I've always struggled with it a bit. And then it wasn't until very recently, it would have been, let's say, it would have been 2016 when I, f I started having counselling around about then. Like, I'd had counselling before, but it hadn't really took hold. Um, but this was the first time it actually made a difference and I actually started to realise some things. And then talking to like Milo McCabe is when it really started to kick in. I was talking to him in a green room and he does that character, Troy Hawk. And, um, you know, the greeter outside all the shops and all that. And I was talking to him and uh, he said, he said, how's it going? And for some reason I told him, I went, actually, I've been counseling. He's like, really? And, and I started talking to him. He goes, he goes off. Oh, he goes, you're rich. And you're always smiling. You're I'm like, Mate, I've really gone through it. I didn't realise. Would have been about 2016 when it all started to 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 I started to work it out. And that's the other thing as well. It doesn't matter when you when you find out or when you start to look at it and try to work out the issues. You start, you know. It's my dad's 75. He's only just started opening up to me about his parents. And that's yeah. so it happens. It's just it's just whatever. But yeah, 2016. And as soon as I started talking to people. I, yeah, it started to feel better. Although what's happened now is the, the gates are open. So whenever I meet anyone and they go, how's it going? I start telling them and they go, okay, all right. Well, it's good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling everyone everything. Like I told you at the beginning there, Kirsty. I'm like, and then she says, anyway, morning. You've just got no filter whatsoever. I've got no filter now. <laughs> I mean, Every time I speak to you, you know, or, or, or other friends that we, we we've got that that do stand up, and and I know lots of, you know, like yourself, very charismatic people that that do something that I don't understand. They they walk on a stage in front of an audience, yes, not with no. a band, but with a microphone, and go, "Look at me, I'm going to make you laugh." That to yeah. me is fucking mad, bewildering, isn't it? Like, but, yeah crazy because you're you know and, and i've been at comedy nights where it's you know it's not gone well for comedians where the crowd have been vile mm. and and i just think my god you know and and our, our mutual friend um from Cunt and the gang you know i've seen him go on stage to terrifying audiences where it's just him on his own and and i think god how do, how do you do that like and what what drives that mate i have no idea couldn't tell you. I've spoke to you before and told you, I'm like, I am fundamentally a shy person. 
So growing up, I was always crushed with that shyness. I couldn't speak to people, couldn't speak to girls. Are you kidding? I can't speak. To, I couldn't. I couldn't speak to to women. I couldn't. So all this thing, like we'd go out, and it was that. So it was, just, it was the eighties. So you know, you'd go to these places, and you know your mates. It was all a bit all the lads, and they're like, oh, you can't pull in here. You can't pull anywhere. And I'd go on my own. <laughs> so that was another thing. You're like, you go, oh, well, I'm obviously a shit person because I can't talk to anyone. Um, so for me, doing stand-up is, is I, I don't know. It's Something happens. When you do your first gig, a f- switch gets flicked and you know you want to do it again. What, validation of some sort? Yeah, I think, I think, I think there's, everybody gets a buzz. If you make someone laugh in any, in any area of life, is a it's a buzz like no other. Everyone, you've made that person feel good for a minute, and there's nothing better than someone turning around and going, oh, "You're so funny," you know. Or when they talk about you, ah, oh, you should, like, yeah. When you, I honestly, top that that woman. Oh my god, she had me howling. Like it's there's something about that that people love, and you know, it's I feel better now on stage than I do off, and it's not in a. It's not in a need for attention way. Because I was talking about this to Paul Perry, a mate of mine, another comic, when the pandemic was on the first one. And he was going, yeah, but we need the attention. We need this. And it was the first time I realized, I was like, no, I don't need the attention. What I need is that I need to make people laugh. I love making people laugh. And it's there's such a thing. When you see a whole room of people, like bent double laughing at something you've said, it, there's there's no other feeling. It's in, it's incredible when you see, yeah, it's amazing. And when you see someone spit their drink out, or you know they're just lost in the in the moment. There's been nights where even I've been having such a good time. I've had to say like, right, we all need to calm down because this is we're all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally. I mean, like, so the 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 podcast that Stu does with Cunt is one of my apart from my own, obviously. Of course, um, it's one of my favorite podcasts and. You know, I'm you know I'm I'm little over ten years younger than Stu, so a lot of the references are completely lost on me. But when right. I hear Stu silently squeaking in the background <laughs> with laughter at something that Cunt said, I'm I'm doubled up. I can't yeah. breathe. I don't know. I don't understand the reference, but it is. It's that. It's that. You know. It's it's contagious, isn't it? Laugh. It is contagious. It really, yeah. really is. And it's you know, there's a whole chemistry behind it. Um, yeah. which you know shouldn't be shouldn't be sniffed at at all. So no, if you can do if there's something about it, if you can make people laugh, and I mean this in such I'm being, I'm not being pretentious or anything like when I say that it's a gift it's a gift and that's another thing that gets me off the bed when I go you like you made two hundred people laugh last night what the fuck do you feel bad about today like those people have gone away and they might not know your name but they'll go oh that fella. No, no, the other, no, the one, him, the one in the middle or wherever, they'll go, oh my God, he was amazing. And that is, that's worth its weight in gold. Do you know mm. what I mean? And it, it's, Do you reckon it, it's a come down? Do you get a come down after the show? Um, No, not really. I'm, I mean, I'm, if it's been a, a good night, then I get a bit of a buzz and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the next one. So, because I gig all the time. So I'm out four, five, six nights a week. So I know that I've got, it is a drug, and I look at my diary, and I'm all I'm happy when there's loads of green in it. Going, oh look at that! Oh, busy, busy, busy. You know, it's a, if there's a gap on a Saturday night, I'm gutted. I'm like, no, that mm-hmm. can't be. Can't have that. I can't. I mean, people go to me, oh, you're gonna you free on Saturday? I'm like, mate, I, I would love to come out, but 
I've got to go and get my fix. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And I go, it's work. I've got to earn my money. But really, if it's a weekend and I'm not gigging, I'm all, I'm a terrible person <laughs> to be around. <laughs> get all antsy, you know. But funnily enough, though, I like with Stu, like Stu's always the right side of up and down. He's always up. He's always happy. But Stu and I have had conversations and I've like mutual friends of ours have, have said, oh, have you spoken to Stu lately? He's a bit, he's been a bit down and you go, Stu Whiffin, down. Yeah. Well, the world must be <laughs> fucked then. If Stu Whiffin <laughs> is feeling <laughs> down, we're all in trouble. Totally. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, he doesn't want to talk about it. Look at that. I <laughs> know. Totally. <laughs> Excellent. No, not at all. Not at all. You know, I, I was just thinking, do you know what? I, I don't know why. I was just thinking, if you were a dog, you'd be a Labrador, I think. Just uh, yeah. constantly tail wagging, happy to please, yeah. um, just always perky. Well, I, I, that's a good, yeah, I like that. So I, I'll tell you how me and Rich met, Curse, because it was it was, it was was quite weird. So Rich played a, a stand-up gig at the Thames site. Oh. And and I, and I went along to the comedy night. I, I didn't know who Rich was, and um, which I don't even know if he was. No, he wasn't comparing. He was doing stand up that night. Yeah, I can't remember uh, if I was on. I might have been on first or second, maybe. And and I remember just thinking, it's the funniest thing I've seen in so long. And I just see something in Rich that I just thought, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit him up. I'm gonna find out who he is, and I'm gonna get him to come on a podcast and talk to me because I think we'll be friends. Yeah, uh, and I'm not mental like that. Where I just think like I'm going to make that person my friend. I've never done that before. <laughs> or since. Be friends, but uh, but then we found out quite quickly that we live very sort of similar sort of lives, like yeah. about twenty miles apart. Rich over in Kent and me in, in Essex, and I've got very similar tastes in in in, in music and such. And and so it, it come through Rich making me laugh. So there, there's so much that can come from seeing someone that makes you laugh to the point where I just thought. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hunt him down on social media and become his pal. And, uh, and it worked. And that was many, many years ago. Um, and It was the music as well, because we love our music. Yeah. And when we both, when he said, blah, 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 Airhead, and I went, you know Airhead? Like the, <laughs> and they're a band from the night, like late 90s that no one really knows about. But if you say, if you play the song, uh, Funny How, to people of a certain age, they'd go... Oh, I remember that. That was a tune. Yeah. And Stu and I are the only people that own their records. <laughs> Absolutely. And I own it on CD and I come home from work one day and uh, and Richard drove past my house and had dropped me off a copy for it. Um, he bought me yeah, a copy on vinyl, which was a oh. very lovely thing to do. I want to talk about um, your podcast as well, Rich, because I think listeners of, of, of this podcast will. Um, yeah, That's the one. That's the one. That's the and, one. Boing uh, is the album. Yeah. Funny how, go and listen to that. Funny because how. it's a perfect pop song. Absolutely perfect. Yep. Funny how the girls you fall in love with never fancy you. Funny how the ones you don't do. Yep. It's a pity how the pretty girls you don't take the time to talk to me. Just walk away whenever I... Have a poo. I... Yes, there you go. <laughs> whenever I have a poo in a tree <clears throat> cathedral. Um, yeah, any song that starts with the lyric, I only love you because you don't love me. That's a fucking great way ah, to start a song. <laughs> That's a tune. But I want to talk about your podcast. So I do think that the listeners of this podcast will really um, enjoy your, your podcast, Rich. Um, not just because... Uh, 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 Hold the, on. The, the, hassled. Oh, it's still being hassled. Um, there's another knock at the door. I'm uh, going to make... Uh, you're I'm what? Gonna make, I'm going to make myself another cup of tea. Look at this. 
This, this all got to rack and ruin. You've got it. You've got it. You it, do all your podcasts on your he's own. He's on the phone. You're you're just disappearing and making a cup of tea. Don't you've worry. Got a massive, I'll, you've I'll got a massive the mug. You're fine. I have. I have. I'll let you know. Let me tell you something. Right. I've had a run already this morning. And I'm not, I've got nice and early and had a run. And uh, and I've had an haircut. I've had a very busy morning. It's, this morning, uh, before uh, before 10, you've had a haircut and a run? <laughs> and I've walked the dog, yeah. I've, uh, oh, mate, we're all busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rich, I, I want to ask you um, about the podcast. Uh, as, as I mentioned, I do really want to sort of get the listeners of, of this to go over and, and check it out if they haven't done already. Um, tell us a little bit about... Um, who you've had on the podcast, some of the, the the guests that you've had, and also tell me about what you've learned about mental health and and and, and if it's benefited you uh, and your mental health through doing the podcast for the last few years. Yeah, uh, it's definitely benefited me. Definitely, I've learned so much about other people because what's happened is the podcast has become about the guest. It's not about me. It's about me learning from whoever I have on. So, you know, we get, it's not just comedians we have on, we have all people from all manner of places. And we had, so we had Nicky Wire's brother on, uh, Patrick Wilson, who's a poet in his own right. So I had him on and talking about his poetry. And that's Nicky Wire from the Manic Street Preachers. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And he was on and we were talking about his, you know, we talked about, he, he was really open about his own struggles with his mental health and things he'd been through. And, and we, you know, we only talked briefly about what it was like growing up in the valleys as the Manic Street preachers, and you know, all right, but it was interesting. But we've had on, you know, we've had all manner of people on. Um, we've had, uh, oh, we've had uh, Romish Ranga Nathan's been on, Heston Blumenthal, we had David Badil, uh, Scroobius Pip's been on, uh, you've been on, you know, we've had all manner of people yeah, from all manner of backside. Huh? You've had Stu on. Yeah. Oh, I'm shoulder to shoulder with Heston and Ron these days. I tell up you, there, mate. We'll <laughs> get you on there, Kirsty. <laughs> Don't know about that. You lose your listenership. Um. Nah, yeah. I you, had to, you had Paul Zerdin on. I love that guy. Yeah. I and he was such a lovely guy. I've worked with him once years did he have ago. The puppets with him on the podcast wouldn't be no. Lost but I did him. ask him. I did ask him. Does he talk to the puppets when he's on his own? <laughs> Do they become like? people because you know like there's people that do characters and when they're talking about the cat like writing material for the character they kind of go like they're writing stuff and they go oh, actually no troy wouldn't say that or whoever you know, they wouldn't be like that they wouldn't say that they become this person that yeah. it's interesting mm. but heston was yeah heston was in, an interesting one my ex had worked with him on a on a food show so i ended up meeting him uh through that and he and I got on so well. He's like, he's just a bit of a lad. And he's, you know, he's he's gone through it all. He's gone through like the height of fame and all the things that come with that. He's got this guy, he's got his guru guy with him all the time, like keeping him on the straight and narrow. Making oh, sure really? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to make sure he just keeps his head in the game and doesn't go off, doesn't stray from the path and keeps himself, you know, on the, you know, like keeps him like active, like exercising and yoga and all that and, yeah, as Heston's got a, you know, as you know, Heston's brain is unlike any others. You know, it's yeah. he in the short space of time that I I was around him, he taught me so much about food and just being a human being. Like he just said, it's like he got he got this 
he got he said get an apple right so got this apple he goes right hold your nose and take a bite so i did that and he's like right now let go of your nose and i did that your head is just full of the taste of apple like you've never tasted it before it's incredible it's incredible yeah and he did this thing as well he goes right get a drink like a can of coke and he goes right now think of the worst thing you can think of think of the worst thing the most upsetting thing that that you can think of and you see you and you go right you take a drink he goes right and he goes it tastes and it tastes weird it tastes horrible and you're like it's a bit metallic and this and that he goes right now think about the 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 nicest thing the the thing that makes you the happiest and you do that best best sip of coke i've ever had and it so just on that level you know he he changed my my way of thinking it's fascinating but you learn something from i learned something from everybody that's been on so uh danny st james is on and danny st james is a trans woman and we were having a really open and honest discussion about what you know what a trans person has to go through in order to transition you know and and like, and like she was saying she's like you know there's all this talk about you know us being in in toilets and things like that she goes but i've spent thousands on becoming the person that i am today do you think i did all that just so i can go in your toilet <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? and but she was on you know she was talking about you know like we were talking about all sorts like you know like like women like women have fought hard to get the rights that they have and as we're as we're speaking now women in america are getting those same rights taken away from them you know women have, have always got to have this fight to hold on to what they have and so danny was saying like she understands what some women are thinking you know when it, when it comes to trans people and it was a really open and honest discussion and it really opened my mind you know it made me more the whole podcast has made me more aware of what it's like to be other people you know, because yeah. we can all get stuck in our own heads and think we're either the worst or the best or, you know, we're the ones that matter the most and all that. But at the end of the day, everybody's struggling with something, you know. It's a, it's a, it's fucking weird being a human being, isn't it? Isn't it yeah. mad? When you think about how you came to be and how, how you came out of your mum and how you, and how, and then like, the, I've only just learned about, like I say, like the cycle of the period i say this on every podcast because it blows my mind that i didn't know about this until i was like 49 just that it's not just like it's not just a couple of days in the month it's like continual cycle forever and then it gets to a point when a woman is older and then the body goes well you didn't have a baby you know even if you didn't want to have a baby or you couldn't have a baby your body goes, well, you didn't do the thing that you were supposed to do. So now we're going to just gonna just push all your insides out and everything's going to fall out. And all that, and I, meanwhile, us men are walking around going, oh, she didn't make my sandwich the way I like it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? It's really weird. I, uh, we, we, we was discussing, um, I, I, I do a, a podcast about, um, mixed martial oh. arts. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd never considered it, but we had a um, a, a, a Liverpudlian fighter um, called Meatball Molly McCann, who's who's, who's got become quite a, a sort of prolific fighter of, of, of late. Yeah, and uh, and she's a wonderful, wonderful um, uh, woman, and and we've had loads of, of of women fighters on. And Blake asked the question, and my co-host asked the question. Um, tell me about the menstrual cycle 
and fighting and training mm. and said, the minute the UFC phone me up and give me a, a fight date, the first thing I do is look at my diary to find out where, my, where I'm going to be in my menstrual cycle because I have to cut weight to make weight wow. and water retention. And, and I've never thought of that when it comes to, to women oh. fighters, whether it be boxers or, or whatever. And, you know, when you think what guys have to go through to make weight to do and their training camps, you just think, oh, my God, women have that as well. Yeah. And uh, and they said, you know, you can – the last thing you want to do when you're feeling, you know, when when you're on your period or whatever is to spar with someone or to, yeah. you know, it, it, or cut weight. It's like – it's really, really difficult. And, uh, and yeah, and, and I'll, I'll be honest – it wasn't until I was 49 that I'd even considered that as well. And I've been a fight fan my whole life. And it's, yeah. uh, and it is, you know, it, I guess life's about learning, isn't it? That's what comes from these podcasts. And it, yeah. then you get other people. When you talk about, about now, nowadays, like, cause you get some men that are obviously manipulating the conversation and all that. Like there's been, there's been a few people in my industry that have, like they've been on the, you know, they've, talking about out in you know the monsters in our industry and the and the you know talk about being woke and they're this and they're that and it turns out they're the biggest creeps going so there's a lot of that there's a bit of that going on but i genuinely feel that women women should be fucking women should be if the women should be held up as there, there should be statues of every woman in the fucking town because they go through so much us men don't realize and we didn't realize until we were 49 because we didn't, we weren't told. We weren't told about these things for whatever reason. So I don't know what my point is, but I, understanding what women go through, I understand why they get fucked off. <laughs> I understand why my wife goes, I asked you to do that one fucking thing. And like, why didn't you do it? And you go, well, I felt sad. And I was staring out the window wondering where my $6 million man action man had gone when I was six. <laughs> And she's sitting there with her insides just getting dragged out by just... And the fact that women have... They only have a certain amount of eggs. And those eggs were in them when they were inside their grandma. What? what? <laughs> yeah, the eggs. The eggs are in you, aren't they? And then they're in... Oh, man, I got told this the other day. It blew my mind. Yeah. Like, when you... Oh, I can't get into it now. The internet will help you out. But just... <laughs> The fact there's only like, I don't know, there's like 30 eggs. They've all got numbers on them like poor balls and uh, <gasps> like, bingo, like bingo balls. And uh, My I didn't know God. that. Yeah, man. And I never knew that. I was too pre preoccupied with thinking, well, I've only got a pint and a half. Like, you know. <laughs> and that's it. It just gets dripped through like a Mr. Whippy. <laughs> You're going to oh. wank all your swimmers away. <laughs> Oh, I, um, wow. Yeah. So I find, because I didn't care about all this when I was growing up, I guess. In, I wasn't, when I was doing biology at school, I wasn't really paying attention. I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't really, I haven't really got an academic brain. So to, for me, if you tell me stuff like that, I won't, it won't go in, but I'll find it, at, you know, I'll find out eventually. And then, so doing the podcast and talking to people that specialize in these fields, and they're telling me all this stuff. I'm like, are you kidding? Well, I had no idea. And once you understand the miracle that it took for you to exist, then it mm. makes it does make this feel a bit more precious. 
Mm. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, it's a fucking miracle that you, out of all the swimmers and that egg, managed mm. to just find each other. And now you exist. And now you've got this life where you've got all these nice people around you. You know, hopefully, I know there's some people struggle with addictions and things like that. And I don't really, I don't really know what to do about that. But if you're, if you're lucky enough to have the life you've got, then there's a woman called Faye Talbot that I know, and she's bedridden. Like if she picks up her mobile phone, she'll dislocate her thumb. Like she's, she struggles, right? So for me to, for, for me to be lying on the bed, thinking about how shit things are because I haven't got money or whatever, it's a pretty, it's. You've got, you've got. I mean, everyone else's problems are everyone else's problems, aren't they? You know, it's a shame that she's going through that. You've got your own shit to deal with, but if you remind yourself that people have got it far worse than you have, and it's a miracle that you're here. You know, but I think sometimes that can that can make things worse, isn't it? Because everything's relative. Every, yeah. everybody's problems are relative, and um, I think it's important to give your spell, give yourself the space that you need to feel however shit you feel. Yeah. and validate that and just accept that and i think oh yeah i can understand that sometimes we you know kind of big picture kind of thing when you look at you know the other struggles that people might be dealing with or on a larger kind of more global scale it is easy to think oh fucking hell what have i got to complain about come on yeah you know you know with it kind of thing but equally so sometimes it is just because that can add to the guilt which then can perpetuate yeah, yeah. The shit feelings and then the whole thing can just spiral out of control so I think it exactly. is just keeping everything in balance or if in doubt, call Stu. I yeah. Know. We'd all call Stu. <laughs> so many people do. Let's <laughs> all call Stu. That's your big thing. Let's let's put his number out. Let's get him Yeah. You've got to ask Angela, right? When if things yeah. going down in a bar, if you're yeah. feeling glum, ask for Stu. Call Stu. <laughs> Fuck, He's gonna get inundated now. I mean, that's the perfect place to wrap things up and uh, and and not expand on the idea of let's call Stu as uh, as a new uh, <laughs> bit of marketing spin for Reach out. We're we're not going there. Um, but uh, but Rich, look, for, uh, we, we, we've spoken about the podcast. If people want to check it out, uh, remind us what it's called and where they can get it, mate. So it's called Insane in the Membrane. Uh, we've now amalgamated Fembrain. We also did Thembrain as well. Um, so for now we've amalgamated the whole things. I didn't realize they're all on separate channels. So sometimes people would miss certain episodes. So we've stuck them all on one channel. Um, and you can get them on. It's on uh, Spotify and it's everywhere. Acast. It's on wherever you get your your podcasts from. Um, I've also got my website, richwilsoncomedian.com. And all my dates are on there. Everything you can hear me on, I've been on everything I've been on is on there. Um, and the, all the links and all the podcasts and all that, they're all there. Um, yeah. And I'm on all the Instagram and the Twitter and all that. I am Rich Wilson. And uh, get involved. Have a chat. Well, if it's all right with you, we'll uh, we'll tag you on it when this comes out. So if people yes, haven't found you already, they can do that. Rich, it's always an absolute pleasure chatting to you, mate. Um, I love you dearly, mate. And, I love uh, you too. And yeah, and thanks so much for for coming on here mate my pleasure and i'm sorry i've gone off on tangents and rambles my f- I just, beauty of podcasting i get caught up in it <laughs> and i'm sorry about the story so before Co- yeah it's my pleasure sorry about the story before kirsty we'll um love it <laughs> i'm gonna All press right. stop don't go anywhere <laughs>